2: Numbers told the story; they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Visa. It's one of those idiots who believe
0: in analytics.
3: Good Monday morning, too. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Esports Betting Network, Visa the Visa App, Sling Game Plus, iHeart Radio, YouTube TV. It's all brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander back in the fold. Jeffrey Parlay here as well. How you doing, Jeff?
1: Doing well, your, well, Gil. Welcome, week, home. man.
3: Nice job last week with Ben. Appreciate it. Tuesday through Friday. Who did Monday? JVT did Monday, I believe. Sounds right. Okay.
2: I was still in Chicago <laughs> at that point, so not nice. certain.
3: So how was your wedding tour? By the way, well, thanks for everybody. I appreciate uh, you doing it, Ben doing it, JVT, everybody hanging out here during a numbers game, NBA finals, Stanley Cup moving along. We'll get it all that. Your uh, your wedding no, tour the, was good? The wedding the wedding we went to in Champaign was a good time. Uh,
2: Champaign, Illinois that is.
3: Champagne. And, uh,
2: yeah, no, it was a good uh it was a good trip uh Enjoyed ourselves on that trip a week ago. Enjoyed our, ourselves in uh, Southern California this week. It was good.
3: You want to watch the Mets uh, take two of three from, uh, from. Yeah, I saw
2: Friday, saw Friday night. So that was good. I didn't miss the, uh, the game where Trout Homer twice, which even though the Mets would have lost, it would have been uh, would have been cool to see Trout do something cool, but that's good. It was good right.
3: experience. Well, glad to have you back here. Um, we still have, we still have much to, uh, to get into. We're going to talk uh, baseball with Paul Spoor later on the show today. Stanley cup finals the Lanch, and the Ning, is that what we're calling it? Uh, Andy McNeil will uh, be here later to discuss that. We'll talk NBA, you and I. Obviously, the Warriors and the Celtics in a de facto best of three with the Warriors. The Dubs haven't taken back home court. Oh, funny thing happened along the way to that gentleman sweep of the Warriors, huh? Everybody was talking about, stop it. There will be no such blasphemy ever on this show. And I like that everybody's discovering that Steph Curry's the greatest For those of us who live 20 years in the Bay, we've been screaming this for decades, plural now. Well, at least more than one. We'll get into all that. Um, And we'll get into college baseball. Ben Wilson will join us. So basically for the week that I was gone, what did I bet the whole time? Not the whole time because there wasn't games for three games in the middle of the week. But the most betting was done on college baseball. Regionals giving way to Super Regionals, which are still going on with two more games today, and then the College World Series with eight teams advancing next week. We will get into all that. Um, Wes Reynolds will join us, get his preliminary thoughts on the U.S. Open, golf's third major this week, right off a Canadian Open where Rory McIlroy wins. Now everybody's going to be all about Rory, I suppose, going into the U.S. Open. We'll get Wes Reynolds' thoughts on that. Uh, so we're loaded uh, on the back end. But first, let me, let me just say, uh, Jeff, in getting here yesterday and this will all come back to the bedding and how bedding made it palatable. But well, yesterday I uh, I had a direct flight from Washington DC to Las Vegas, Nevada. Now there's not there's not many direct flights that exist anymore from certain markets to others. It used to be like all day long you had options. DC there's like literally one nonstop from Reagan National, which is the one in D.C., which is the one right across the Potomac River, right in northern Virginia, right in Alexandria. I believe it's Alexandria, technically. But it's the one closest to D.C. by far. And there's only one nonstop. And it's a major carrier, and I will not name this a major carrier, but uh, let's just say it's the one you're thinking of. <laughs> no, maybe it's not. Maybe it's the other one. Anyway, it's an 8 a.m. flight, it's supposed to arrive in Vegas early in the morning. You have a full day to relax and recover. No problem. The only other non-stops are like later in the evening from Dulles, which is the Virginia, the deeper Virginia option for those familiar with the DMV and who might have grown up there or just familiar with it from traveling. Great airport, but for those of us who live in D.C., it's far. Anyway, arrive at the airport. What is, it, this falls under the category of what is happening to this world, what is happening to this country. So arrive there for an 8 a.m. flight. You wake up 5.45 in the morning. That's what I did. You know, get ready, go out, get to the airport on time. Get to the airport, look up at the board, you know, casually, you're walking in, ho-hum, with your bags. You're like, oh, this will be sweet. Just get on a flight, fall asleep, be in Vegas, no problem. Casually, you know, glance at the board, canceled. What? I was just putting in, I was just getting my boarding pass before I went to bed. So apparently in the middle of the night, Jeff, one fifteen in the morning, this airline casually sends an email. No, I wasn't signed up for text services like I was with the other major carrier. They casually send emails out to everybody saying, oh, yeah, flight's canceled. Sorry. You're, re- you're rebooked on a Monday flight, which, by the way, has a connection. And, oh, by the way, your seat now sucks, too. So I'm uh, none of us know this. The line is a mile long in the airport. Everybody arrives. Nobody sees the email. We're all in this windy s you know snake line, and so for, you are you are beside yourself because you're like wait a minute like you can't do this to people. People have jobs. You can't like people gonna. There are some people here who may lose their job if they don't show up for work tomorrow. Who knows what people's circumstances are? Right, you don't know. And you say all these things go through you. You're mad at the other people in line who don't care because they're like oh this works for me. But some people have responsibility anyway. So for those 30, 40 minutes, you're in line, you're stewing, you have three options. You're like, okay, one, do I just accept the uh, flight tomorrow? Again, not nonstop worst seat with a connection. Do you then or do you purchase a, or a seat on a nonstop later that day from Dulles for an exorbitant amount of money because it's same day? Or do you wait the 30, 40 minutes because you know how, that's long, how long it's going to take. You can tell. You can do the quick math. Number of people in line, time I'm moving two steps, and then see what they offer you. I opted for number three, Jeff. What would you have done? Would you've gone number two? I almost pressed the button. I was literally on submit for to to buy the flight on the other uh, from the other airport.
2: Similar situation happened to myself and my fiance in the other in the uh, in our trip where we had a flight canceled. It wasn't quite like yours, where it was canceled in the middle of the night. It was uh, we we picked Box 2 on that one where we ended up get taking flight. taking Uber from LaGuardia to Newark to fly out of Newark the following morning uh, for a much bigger cost.
3: But uh, I just didn't want uh, to deal with that, I, right? I,
2: I, would, I would have taken, personally, I would have taken Box 2 unless if it was just so ridiculously priced. It was. Then Box 3 would have probably been the choice. So
3: I get to the front. The people who are on the front lines, right, it's not their fault this happened. She looks at me, I go, I'm on the Vegas flight. She goes, oh, no. I go, oh, yeah, what are we doing? So she's so you, you try to be nice because there's no point in getting mad at them because it's just going to be worse for you. Right. So you got to just bite your tongue. You're like, all right, just hook it up. What can you do? And I say, how do you guys get away with this? How do you do this? Is outrageous. Right. Like you, you. I know. I know. And imagine us having to deal with you guys. Right. There's that whole exchange. Anyway, long story short, that's possible. She's like, why don't you take this flight to Dallas now? I can put you on a later flight from Dallas to Vegas and try to go standby earlier. I'm like, all right. She goes, my advice is just get out of here. Because, first of all, box number one, just accepting the flight for tomorrow, you don't know they're not going to cancel that either, right? There's no guarantee. So you definitely don't take box number one. So anyway, I go, to, I go to Dallas. I'm like number one or number two standby on not one, not two, not three, but four flights before the one that I am scheduled to go on. Nope. Couldn't get on any of them. Not a one. From waking up in the morning to DC to arriving in Vegas yesterday at my apartment. Guess how many hours? Just guess. Oh, you texted me it, so I shouldn't guess. 18 hours. <laughs> I could have gone to, I could have flown to the Middle East and halfway back. Oh, I'm exhausted. Anyway, here's what made it palatable. The whole day I'm betting college baseball in the super regionals. And now, if you were here with Ben Wilson, Ben Wilson will be joining us later this hour to talk about his plays. I don't know if he has any on the two games that remain today in the Super Regionals, but certainly moving forward, once those odds are posted for the College World Series, he may have thoughts on that. You may remember that Ben was on this show uh, a little over a week ago, and he gave out three winners in the Regionals, all, I believe, at plus money, and all of whom, those three teams, are all... Alive still. In fact, the uh, the three plays he gave out in the regionals, Oklahoma plus 265, they won their pod in the regionals. Auburn plus 150, they won their pod. And Notre Dame plus 145. 3-0, and all plus money. Nothing wrong with that. You may also remember that I casually mentioned, while Ben was on, that we had four, I had four futures going. Me and Brad Porce had four futures going. Texas fifteen to one, they are in the World Series, which remember, goes from sixty four to sixteen to eight. Eight teams go to Omaha next week for the College World Series. Of Texas at fifteen to one, Stanford at thirty to one, Stanford is the one that needs to win to get in today. That's one of two games uh, remaining today. Texas A and M forty to one, they haven't lost in either the regionals or the super regionals. They are going to the World Series, and Ole Miss baby, who's gone five and zero as well, Rebels. 100-1 to 1 to win the College World Series. This is from pre-flop before the regionals. Hope you played any and all of those, Ben's or mine. And the biggest news of all of this, and we'll talk to Ben about this, the University of Tennessee, the number one team in the country, got bounced yesterday. So the value of all those tickets, and I really hope you jumped on these, the value of all those tickets has just gone to the moon university of Tennessee was 53 and seven this regular season in college baseball 53 and seven in fact we talked about it briefly on primetime action and Matt Brown who played college baseball at LSU he's like Tennessee is just so good that even just betting the other teams like it, it just doesn't matter unless Tennessee until Tennessee got, gets knocked out I'm paraphrasing there's really kind of no discussion And he's probably right about that. But it happened. Notre Dame took him out. So from a fifty three and seven regular season, they end up fifty what is that? Fifty six and nine, I believe, in the end. No, check that. Fifty seven and nine. Done after a 53-7 regular season. So college baseball, will have thoughts from Ben Wilson on the two games today that remain. Uh, rubber matches to see who the final two teams of the eight that enter the uh, World Series next week will be. Let's go Stanford. Let's get it done. And then we'll get some thoughts on the uh, on the futures when they come out as well. We'll have to actually have Ben back on once those do get posted. Talk NBA next in Major League Baseball. Oh, the dubs, can they get it done? Numbers Game Visa the Sports Betting Network.
1: Gil Alexander,
0: gone v the Sports
3: Betting Network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip. With your state-issued ID to open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older or physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 Five two two forty seven hundred. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay here as well. Jeff, what have you been betting on, man? I heard there's this golfer that you're obsessed with betting. Kelly Bidlin told me this. He's like, did Parlay tell you he keeps betting this one golfer? You're looking at me like uh, you have no idea what, what I'm are talking, talking about. He talking about. Who who is it that they, like he said is it um, I mean I I bet Riley it,
2: I, I mean I bet Davis Riley if in a row but Davis the, Riley. that I wouldn't say I was obsessed with betting Davis Riley uh,
3: That's the word around the streets Okay that's I, mean, the I, mean, on I the buzz all the
2: streets I, I feel I I'm at a point where I it, he's getting close like bet him top 20 you've made some money the last 6 weeks or so but I wouldn't say I'm obsessed with betting Davis Riley <laughs> I
3: don't know Jeff we're, we're going to say you're obsessed but okay. that's the story we're going with Gelly's like, did he ever tell you that? I was like, no, he never told me Ben Davis Riley. Well, one day you'll get there. Um, Eventually the week I don't bet him. Of course. That's how it happens. golf is self-loathing betting. The one week you don't bet him, he'll, he'll take it down. Tennis. uh, Again, the Twitter feed is sort of, it's not a run over with tennis uh, pick requests, but it does have a few there. Uh, And I just want to say it's two weeks till Wimbledon grass court season is the shortest of all the uh, seasons in tennis. Uh, Am I betting tennis? Yes. Am I, like, you know, doing it seriously here? No, I'm sort of treading lightly. Uh, Split a couple this morning. I'm on Siniakova right now, or Siniakova, I guess it's pronounced against uh, Bianca Andrescu here as a a big dog. They keep breaking each other's serves, on-serve now. Um, But generally speaking, won't have tennis picks on the show till Wimbledon in two weeks. Is that a good policy, Jeff? Is that what you you accept that policy? Yes. Jeff sure. wants no part of. <laughs> <laughs> I wants no part of being part of any non tennis picks.
2: No, I think I think yeah. it's I think it's fair. I mean, you, you have you have two weeks. Yeah, we can all we we'll all relax for two weeks and you know. uh,
3: everyone will be betting
2: Wimbledon. They'll yeah. be good.
3: Though I, though I may be taking a four dollar flyer, close to a four dollar flyer, a little later on Gasanova against Sasnovich. Just want to point that out. But generally, won't have picks um, because again. The data is such with grass that – and I'm talking about playing tennis on the grass – that you just don't have the robust sample size. Going into last week, you had a lot of players who just – within six months, they got nothing. It's just year data. So it's, it's a little bit more art than it is science or a lot more art typically than it is on hard courts or clay. Um, that said, I just do want to point this out. The first week of grass court tennis, I don't know if you saw this, Berrettini won. um, No surprise there, really. Great grass court player. Uh, I was on uh, Beatrice Haddad, Beatrice Maya Haddad, who won her first maiden tournament, who won a maiden tournament on grass. But the big story, and I don't know if you saw this, Jeff, was Tim Van Rijthoven. Do you see this? That's a a person? He's a 25-year-old Dutch player who forget never having won a tournament in his life, had never won a match on the ATP tour before, and only got into this tournament in the Netherlands this past week on a wild card, because he's Dutch. Was that a line from Michael Caine in uh, the Austin Powers? There's two things I can't stand in this world. It's intolerance of other cultures and the Dutch. <laughs> One of the great lines there. Love the Dutch. Anyway, he not only wins an ATP match, he gets in on a wild card, otherwise he'd be playing on a challenger tour, and he wins the tournament. And he's crushing people. Medvedev, he just destroyed in the finals. He destroyed Taylor Fritz. He had a little problem with Felix Auger-Aliassene, but got by him as well. And the reason he did this is largely because he was like 74-plus percent uh, service one. So his serve was more effective than like John Isner's and Riley Opelka's. His overall numbers really aren't that impressive even with having one. So, like, I never bet on him even once because the overall numbers, like, his return isn't that great. But if you're hitting 74, 75% of your serves successfully, your, like your margin of error is just massive. So he gets it done. Now, is he someone to look at for to win a, a slam on grass? Well, I mean, if he hits 75% of his serves, anything's possible. But um, I didn't bet on him once. So anyway, just a, uh, Tim Van Reichhoven. Literally have never put him in a spreadsheet before that I'm aware of. And trust me, I got all kinds of randoms on spreadsheets. Not once with that dude. And he wins a tournament. so anything is once again anything possible and that's what makes sports the greatest reality show of it all. Uh, NBA Finals tonight resume oh I'm sorry you want to say? I, I'm just looking this guy up he really he's only played eight career singles, matches. It's unbelievable. It's <laughs> incredible. He it destroyed these guys. <laughs> like Medvedev's like you just crushed the number two player in the world. <laughs> it's just like what hey man that that's that is the thing about serve bots though like it just is a hack for the whole sport, right? If you can't return that thing, it just makes the, you know, makes it less of a, of a, of an actual art, but good on him, man. See if he can continue it. So uh, Celtics Warriors game five, the biggest sporting event, obviously in this country tonight is that de facto best of three back to San Francisco interminable weights between every game. But you know, this is why they went two, three, two back in the days because the Lakers and Celtics were playing in so many finals. Boston, Los Angeles, the travel was such. They're like, ah, finals 2-3-2. Well, it's not Lakers-Celtics, but it is Warriors-Celtics, and it's not a 2-3-2. It's 2-2-1-1-1 like it used to be. Maybe the extra day of, of rest is good with that kind of travel, but it's the Steph Curry show, man. And I just want to point out again for those of us who have seen all of this and lived it in the Bay, you have to understand when the Warriors drafted him, the next two big events in the career of Steph Curry were, one, the ankle injuries are such that I don't know if this guy can go on. And two, when the Warriors traded Monte Ellis, which was essentially picking Steph Curry as the the focal point of your offense over Monte Ellis, who could give you 30 points a game and not make anybody better, the entire Bay Area lost their collective minds. That is from whence this dude came. And not only has he been a, just a rocket ship to the Hall of Fame, the best shooter in the history of the NBA, I think you have to add best, one of the best offensive players, period, because his handle gets overlooked. And he, he wrote them. I mean, listen, it's, everybody said it. It's true. He put them on their back. So I guess the question here, Jeff, is the Warriors are three-and-a-half point favorites tonight. The totals is 211. The Warriors are minus 130 now on the adjusted series price. Going back to that. One, do you have a bet? Or is every single game really just Plinko? And two, like, how do you even process what you've seen? Do you? There's a crowd that, there's a Celtics crowd, right? That is like, well, the Celtics have dominated three of four games. I mean, they should totally be up in this series three to one and on their way to the title were it not for the greatness of Steph. But I would counter to that. I think I could, I'm on just as solid ground in saying the Warriors should be up 3-1. to one. They were up double digits heading into the fourth in game one, was it? Yeah, game one. So, I, th- so, I mean, wh- wh- what gives in all of that? We are in – the series score is correct to me. Right. We are in the
2: right spot. How we got there was a little bit funky, but it being 2-2 heading to game five is right. I thought after Boston took the 2-1 lead, I thought the series, especially with how – Gimpy Curry looked after game three. I thought it was... And there was that. I thought it was... I thought it was... All right. We're probably done here unless if Steph
3: is back to himself. Like, can I just interrupt? Please. What a a microcosm of his career this will be if the Warriors end up winning it. Because there's that moment in the middle of the series where you're like, forget the Warriors winning. We just hope he can play. Anyway, I'm sorry.
2: You're 100% right. Because... After that ankle injury, he's like, oh, my God, he can barely walk. And coming out and having that all-time performance in game four, especially where in a series where Klay Thompson's really only had one game where he's been any good. Andrew Wiggins has probably been the second-best player for Golden State. Probably so. And Draymond has been virtually unplayable at the end of games. And it hasn't mattered. This series is tied at it's two. It's so bad. I, I, I'm, I'm staying off of this series I, I completely. I I talked with Drew last week while you were out, basically like, do we just take points with the dog and just hope these games are close at this point? But I, I'm staying off completely, and I expect this thing to go to a
3: game seven, which will be a coin flip game, basically. Do you remember when Dr. Bob came on here once? When Dr. Bob would come on and do NBA, obviously he does other sports with us, but when he w- used to do NBA – Do you remember the outlandish remark he made here that got chuckles from everybody when he said... That was the
2: Looney remark, right? He said,
3: Kevon Looney is more important to the Warriors than Klay Thompson is. Klay Thompson, some may argue, like myself, that he's headed to the Hall of Fame. So that comes off as this bizarro comment, like, oh, so wrapped up in his analytics, he can't see the bigger picture. That's kind of aging pretty okay. Well, the injuries kind of change that up. For sure. But I think the point that he's making about Looney, I think, resonates a little more than it used to. I, I'm, I'm just riding my Warriors plus 550 home. And when the Warriors are dogs, I take them every time. I can't take the Celtics when they're dogs. Should be fascinating tonight. Got a question about Steph, too, on the other side. We'll talk baseball with Jeff. It's a numbers game at Visa, the sports Benning Network.
0: The Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on v the sports betting network.
3: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit v to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, yet another way. That v is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well. Still to come, Ben Wilson on college baseball. Wes Reynolds on, among other things, the U.S. Open. Paul Spohr on Major League Baseball. Andy McNeil on the Stanley Cup playoffs. The only other question I have to ask about uh, the Celtics and the Warriors, you know, you know, you know exactly what I'm about to ask here, Jeff. 1969, the first year they gave out the MVP, the only year that they gave out the trophy, finals MVP, to the player on a losing team, the logo, Jerry West, or as one generation knows him, an absolutely bat-you-know-what-crazy human being as portrayed on HBO's I was going to say, time. the
2: MVP trophy got destroyed in
3: winning time. <laughs> That's right. Uh, take all those uh, quote-unquote facts as you will. Do you think Steph could actually get this if the Warriors lost in seven? Okay, so if I
2: were voting, absolutely, assuming that this pace continues. Mm -hmm. Because Jason Tatum, to me, there has been this proclamation within NBA circles that Jason Tatum is this top five player, top seven player already. Which I beg the question of what are we watching here? I love the word proclamation. I, but that's what it's been. Was, like, a, was
3: a bugle involved in that? I
2: I think it was a flugelhorn. Actually, yeah. we got a yeah. Chuck Magioni on the flugelhorn. Yeah. But uh, but but look, Gil, I if I were voting, assuming that Steph continues to play at this level, even if Golden State were to lose in seven, especially or even six, it would probably be him. Now, do I think that happens? No. I think in the end, if Boston wins the series, it'll either be Tatum or Brown.
3: I feel like we're as close to that as we've ever been.
2: The only other argument is, if LeBron didn't win it in 2015, the year they gave it to Iguodala, how can you give it to anyone else?
3: Ah, yeah, that's where my my being in the Bay and Warriors fanhood sort of colors my perspective on that. Because for me, it was like, yeah, he should win it. <laughs> you know. So I don't know. Maybe I'm, uh, I'm not the guy to uh, chime in on that. Anyway, I hope the Warriors take care of it. Again, for my futures, for everybody else who has futures on this. And just to uh, stifle all the Celtics love. Let's go, Dubs. Let's get it done tonight. Three and a half point favorites hosting the Celtics at Chase. I did make a couple college baseball bets. The only two games today. We will talk to Ben Wilson, his thoughts coming up. But the only two games uh, that are being played today, because six out of the eight spots the College World Series have already been determined, and they are, once again, Texas A&M, Texas, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Notre Dame. Those six teams all in Notre Dame with the huge upset of Tennessee. Today, the two games, they're for the final two spots. UConn and Stanford and the Stanford Super Regional. Stanford's a huge favorite in this. I think Stanford wins this game. I don't know if you want to lay the minus 235. I did for a small amount of money. But then I got Auburn in the Corvallis Super Regional. I got Auburn at plus 131 against Oregon State. I'm taking the Tigers. A large reason of that is Oregon State, their closer, Ferrer, pitched about, th- I think it was three innings last night to close that game. So he he will not be available for any duration like that tonight. <clears throat> or to, Yeah, that's tonight, actually. So I'm all over Auburn, plus 131. That's the other thing I'll talk to Ben about, which is the weird lines in these in these college baseball super regionals specifically. Like Ole Miss incessantly being a dog against Southern Miss, and Southern Miss taking all this money made no sense whatsoever. You're just like, Ole Miss is better. Like, why is that happening? And who knows how much money it actually takes to move a market like a college baseball super regional game. But it's fascinating to watch... Uh, how people were just how, how the money just kept going in the same direction every game. Yes, sir.
2: Yeah, no, I just wanna bring something up real quick because while in on my vacations uh to the New Jerseys and the Illinois of the world hmm. where these numbers were dished a little more available than than here, there was a lot there were a lot of weird run lines in this. Like Notre Dame, I looked just yesterday for the heck of it. Notre Dame was getting three and a half runs yesterday. Oh yeah. In a game, they ended up obviously winning.
3: Well, because well, Tennessee, was I know, I know Tennessee. Tennessee is one of the seven. best teams
2: in the last twenty years in college baseball, and they're not even in Omaha.
3: I actually had somebody tweet me, Len, uh, who was like, I, "I'm so glad." He's like, "I'm so glad you always say sometimes the best bets are the bets not made." Because he wanted to take Tennessee minus two and a half, and he was like, "I ah, better not do that." Notre Dame, like, shit, Notre Dame was always feisty, as Ben as Ben told us uh, ten days ago. Probably tell us that again today. So anyway, I'm, I'm in on both uh, Stanford and Auburn in the College World Series today. Uh, okay, baseball, just real quick, because you went to Anaheim to watch your Mets. Mets take two out of three. Mets with the best record in the National League. But let, let me just let me go back to the Yankees for a second here, our first baseball comments since coming back here from a week off. First of all, Matt Carpenter drove in seven yesterday. Let me just point that out. <laughs> That's just the first thing. Matt Carpenter, who is not allowed to have his beard, and you may be like, is that Matt Carpenter? Seven RBI for the Yankees yesterday. Uh, Home winning streak is 11 games, 18-4 to over the Cubs. The Yankees won their 11th in 12, uh, so they're 11 out of their last 12 they've won. And they reached the 60-game mark in our season. And don't forget, Mark Borchett and I, every quarter we will do our whole baseball stat shebang where we do five inning numbers first inning numbers umpires all that kind of thing so we're about 20 games away from that but their first 60 games of the year now jeff they have won 44 of them 44 and 16 that's the fifth time in yankee history that that has happened 44 wins or better in the first 60 games it is the sixth time since 1940 that a team has won at least 44 of their first 60 games. Just the sixth time, sixth since 1940. 82 years of baseball, 83 years. Only six times has a team won as many as 44 games in the first 60. And it is the best 60 game start of any team since the 2001 Seattle Mariners, who went 47 and 13 in their first 60. And by the way, if you were betting back in 2001, as some of us were, who could forget that Mariners team, which ended up winning 116 baseball games. That whole team might have been juiced. I'm just going to, this just in. That whole team might have been juiced. When Brett Boone is just jacking them. What was that? Brett Boone, Edgar Martinez. Was that A-Rodden Jr.? I know Ichiro was on that team, I believe. That team was loaded offensively. Anyway, they went forty-seven and thirteen, and so I guess I just ask the question: At forty-four and sixteen, do you see this continuing to some degree, or you see with a with a tough schedule in front of them that this is going to uh, regress heavily?
2: Just uh, looking at the No. One Mariners team real quick uh, before I answer your question, Brett Boone. uh... Had, a, had an
3: OPS of 950. Trust me. 37 homers and 141 driven. <laughs> my only, here's my recollection of that team. That was like Bay Area internet bubble years. And so all day long, all I would be doing, they have a day game. All I would be doing is tracking the Mariners. It didn't matter how many runs they fell behind. You're like, oh, they're winning. They were so ridiculously good, that team. Brett Your, Boone, Ed, what was his? What was the OPS? Uh nine fifty. Edgar Martinez yeah. at a nine sixty
2: six. I mean, For, Edgar, perfect, Edgar was a professional
3: hitter. Edgar e- Edgar's Martinez. one of
2: the best hitters of all time.
3: Ichiro so. was on that team, right?
2: Yes, Ichiro was there. No Griffey. That was of course Don't Griffey. Yeah, yeah, Griffey was, was in Cincinnati at that point. Yeah. But,
3: was a Rod? No, a Rod no, was gone. Was in Texas,
2: I think. At yeah, that he point. was in
3: Texas. Mike Cameron was their
2: starting center fielder who had twenty five homers that year. as
3: well. Am, what bat am I forgetting on that team? Edgar, John Olrood. No, I wasn't. No. It. Anyway, it was always seemed like it was Boone and Martinez David and Bell, Ichiro. maybe, I
2: don't know. Maybe, right. I, I think based off this, Olerud, old Cameron, young Ichiro. Regardless, to answer your question yes. on the Yankees, their schedule gets significantly more difficult yep. as the year goes along. They have really beaten up the bad teams in the American League, and they beat up a horrible Cubs team over the weekend in the Bronx. They are really good. They're the best team in the American League. I am just curious to see, once they start playing better competition, how good this team really is. And, Gil, if we get what currently is, currently the way it's seated, the top two teams in each league, if we get a Yankees-Astros and a Met-Dodger-NLCS, the folks in Manhattan in the MLB office are going to be absolutely thrilled in a year where, look, we were talking about, oh, my goodness, baseball's destroying themselves with this lockout. And if they end up with a Mets-Dodgers-Yankees-Astros championship
3: series, they're going to be just Uh, fine with that. Remember, expanded postseason, though, right? And baseball is the most random of all postseasons.
2: Right, right. But, again, keep in mind, if you end up in those top two seeds, which those teams currently
3: are, humongous advantage. Yeah. The The third division winner will take on the worst wildcard team, and the first and second best wildcard teams will take on each other. Those are best of threes, correct? Wild card series are
2: best of threes yeah. with the better team hosting all three games.
3: That's right. That's right. The most ridiculous quirk of them all They're hosting all three games. Yankees have the sixth hardest remaining schedule in all of baseball, which is, you know, 5-11. It's not, I don't know if that's a story. I really don't. That bad. Yeah. I mean, there's still over hundred games left for goodness sakes. What are we doing with strength of schedule? But um, hard, but like not ridiculously so. We'll talk to Paul Spore uh, Spor, rather more about baseball a little later on. Next, Ben Wilson, college baseball.
1: Bill Alexander on VCEN, the
0: sports betting network.
3: There's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sports books. New customers can download the BetMGM app and place a $10 money line wager on any NBA finals game. If either team hits a three-pointer in the game, just one, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use code VESIN200 when you make your first bet. Sign up now and discover BetMGM's daily promotions, booster odds, specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code VESIN200 to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three-pointer in any NBA Finals game. Think that's going to happen? I think so. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager new customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Skill Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Jeffrey, look who just walked in the studio. Our guy Ben Wilson. Wow, that was a very <laughs> oh, come, on. <laughs> yeah, come on. That's a very a delayed <laughs> reaction.
4: It's Gil, you know, it's seven forty-five in the morning. Oh, for Jeff, he's a little slow on the I, draw. I, I, uh, I was
2: trying to. I was trying to come up with something <laughs> witty, and my brain just didn't work. Well, it happens from time to time. Go <laughs> back to the lab. You'll come back with something. <laughs> go back to the lab. Ladies and it.
3: gentlemen, Ben Wilson in the house. Ben, how you doing, man? I'm great, Gil.
2: I have a, uh, any
4: invite from you is uh, is a reason to stop by. Tell the truth.
3: Tell the truth. Your your dog sitting, and you happen to be in the neighborhood. Is that what I, happened?
4: I mean, I'm not a morning person, but when the dog yeah, is kinda, getting up at six AM, you're kind of just right. you're
3: invested already Listen, the day. I, Whatever you want to sweet talk me with. That's cool. It's all good. Listen, Ben, you <laughs> were on here ten days ago. You and I were on. And then you you were with Jeff this past week. Do you guys talk college baseball at all we, last week?
4: We felt obligated to talk about it just oh. because of the success we had with you, Gil.
3: And Dude, we had more. To success. The table again. Yeah. You yeah. so so just to refresh again, I said this at the beginning of the show, but when you were here with me. This was before the regionals, and you gave out Oklahoma plus 265, Auburn plus 150, Notre Dame plus 145. As of this moment, all three of those teams are still alive, two of which, Oklahoma and Notre Dame, already in the College World Series. We'll find out uh, if Auburn will get there today. We'll get your thoughts on the, on the two games today momentarily. I had four futures Texas 15 to 1, Stanford 30 to 1, AM 40 to 1, Ole Miss 100 to 1. We'll find out if Stanford gives me half of the field, Ben. Ah, oh, man. And the key is. And let's start here, without Tennessee. So you, so for those who are, are unfamiliar with Ben, Ben does play-by-play for multiple sports, college baseball being one of them. Correct, yes. I actually texted you at one point. I was like, Ben, you should be doing these games because these guys... Yeah, yeah. I mean,
4: you're, you can't really bet on them if you're
3: calling them. So that's the classic
4: quandary of, yes, I would love to be doing every game, but then I would not
3: be able to have this conversation with you. Do you agree with me when I say this? That this, the College World Series regional, super regionals, and the World Series itself is one of the great betting vehicles of the entire calendar.
4: I, I completely agree. And I think part of it is because in you know we are so analytically driven now in the way we bet sports. I would argue that college baseball is one of the last, one of the remaining few uh, vestiges of sports that are really, really difficult to analytically break down. It's just hard because there's so many different varying factors mm. with, with and we've seen throughout time and time again, Home field advantage really does not mean anything in college baseball. Seating does not really mean anything in college baseball, and like the emotions, the uh, the way these like Tennessee was the perfect example. A so team, awesome! A bunch of 18-year-olds who were just the cockiest group of suckers around. <laughs> so bad. As soon as one thing went against them, they just completely panicked. Their fans panicked. And you don't really, even in college basketball, which we always kind of consider is like, okay, that's the one sport where you don't know it, whatever, it not like you can't have no idea what's going to happen. That's right. But Tennessee was a great example. Maybe the top second or third best regular season team of all time in college baseball,
3: 53 and seven, and they
4: completely melted down. And you end up getting these prices where, you know, I think books look at this from a very traditional sense of, okay, team X did this team B did this. So we're going to price it accordingly with like a normal baseball line would be. And you see that the variance shows us that those so they, lines are just out of whack uh, and you can get tremendous value betting uh, on, on the
3: dogs. So two things. One, did you just pronounce vestige as vestige? I, did that just I, happen? So
4: Jeff knows that I like to pronounce big okay. words in slightly different uh, okay. ways. So I like
3: to say behemoth
4: uh, at times. Do you yeah, know as well? Yeah. Just not, <laughs> okay. you know, not when I'm actually doing a game. But that was with the first game. game. I
3: wasn't going to let that slide. Uh, with you, Gil, I can do it. Yeah, no, you can do anything you want. And then the second thing is, so Tennessee makes sense, right? Because they were this behemoth, or behemoth, as you Bama, say. Bama, yeah. And uh, and so I understand why the lines were what the lines were, but you could tell, as you pointed out 10 days ago, like, Notre Dame's not much worse than this team is. And it was just, I was at a TGI Fridays at Dallas-Fort Worth going nuts when Tennessee loses Notre Dame. You, you can imagine how well that went over there in Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, the whole, like, southern, complete, oh. uh, you know, Wave there in in the uh, just sort of the fan sentiment watching these games, but the but what I really want to ask you is about the some of the other ones like Ole Miss, which hasn't lost a game in either the regionals or the super regionals. They're five and zero, oh, and they're headed to the to the World Series. Like people couldn't c- couldn't stop themselves from betting Southern Miss continually every single game, and so every time Ole Miss would be plus one forty, plus one fifty, and you're like. What am I missing about this? And that's the kind of irrational behavior, and it does make you go back to the whole betting thing of, because it is an illiquid market, it probably moves on just who knows how many fans of that one school betting more than the other. I guess
4: yeah, it's like it's, it doesn't take much. I mean, we and right. last night, like Stanford was. I mean, I saw it minus 170 in the morning, and I'm right. thinking, oh, that seems a little cheap. But you know, I think Stanford they're down 1-0. They've they, they're in a desperate season, season's obviously over if they lose in their home to UConn. And yeah, by the time that game closes, markets well over over two dollars. But I think a lot of the traditional kind of raw narrative things that betters talk themselves into. It certainly applies in college baseball. And when you don't, when you don't have as many of the raw data, like hardcore analytics to go off of there's there's certainly some, but it's not as deep as say, like going into a Ken Palm deep dive for for college basketball. Yeah. You get narrative street coming out where it's like, Oh, not have even been in the tournament. They basically got in because it's amazing. because it's Oxford and it's SEC baseball, right? And yet they go on this heater. They don't even give up a run
3: in those two games to Southern Miss, Well Ole Miss. Not not <laughs> only did they should they not have been in, as you point out, because they get in for for blue bloodedness. Let's let's put it. But then they had to overcome the tropical storm hurricane issue in Miami, where where they were already prepared to just advance Miami. So, like, they had to like dodge the weather to actually play those games. So, let me ask you about these two games today. So, only two two spots mm-hmm. to determine: UConn, Stanford. These are again in the in the Super Regionals, best of th- best of threes. These are all one. These both are one one. Stanford's a minus two thirty five favorite, and then in the game tonight in Corvallis. Auburn's plus 131 against Oregon State.
4: I, and I see it circa right now. Auburn's plus 140, which You've I gotta will, play that. I right? will go ahead and throw, you know, yes. just Jeff Parles and I've talked about. It. I'll go ahead and throw out, throw the undefeated record on the line, Gil. We'll <laughs> yes. go with Auburn. Well, and the thing too, so for a lot of these teams that get down 1-0, so Oregon State last night, they throw their ace. Uh, Connor's Europey, who's just this, they're all American. Top pitcher, and their
3: closer and went three three innings.
4: Yes, so mm-hmm. and it was look really really tight game. I, you could argue. I mean, Auburn, Auburn had a pretty brutal error if you watch that game in, in the middle. wall, they had fought back to tie the game. So Auburn, they didn't have to go deep in their bullpen. They're two of their relievers combined for three and a thirds innings. So they're in a, they're in a really good spot pitching wise today, which is huge for these game threes. Like we saw with Virginia Tech the other day, their starting pitchers I think each went fewer than two innings, mm-hmm. and they just had they had nothing left in the tank for game three and Oklahoma was still priced at, like, plus 145, and they had a really, really good deep complement of relievers. So I would go with the same approach today where Auburn has been undervalued this entire time. Ironic for a team that's in the SEC right. that generally the betting market is all over any SEC team. Right. But we talked about this. Same they, with,
3: with Arkansas. was yeah. kind of the same thing.
4: Uh, we talked about this with Auburn, though, in the regionals. They, had, they were, I think, the second, uh, the second longest odds of the 16 teams out of their regional. They were plus 150. They weren't getting any respect for a team that was hosting and against in, in Oregon State, I mean, the first game of that series, they were, I saw as high as like plus 210, which is insane. These teams are basically even on paper. And Oregon State, if you, you know, if you look at kind of look at the personnel between Oregon State and Stanford, most people would tell you Stanford was significantly a step above Oregon State. Is that number one class of the Pac-12 this year? Me and
3: were saying all fair this week, we were like, between tennis and college baseball, yeah. We made like so much, like way more than we'll make on like football, basketball, and baseball, pro baseball combined for the year. Like seriously, like that's again, that's the conundrum of of doing sports betting media, which is the thing that most people want to hear about is generally not the thing you're going to make the most money on. That's a great point. So you you like Auburn as well? I've already, I, I will I've already stake them. I
4: will stake the seven and zero. Stake the seven and zero record on Auburn today.
3: All right. So we don't have the College World Series. Uh, updated odds yet here right. because obviously we have to determine the final two teams it'll be fascinating to see what they are when they come back with Tennessee removed oh. but what's the team first of all what's the team that you think will be the short shot and what team without seeing the numbers yet do you will you have your eye on
4: I look I, I think te- Texas and Arkansas are going to be pretty pretty far Pretty far shortened, especially with the way Texas just looked with their backs against the wall. I don't, yeah. mean, talk about how ridiculous Christ. that was. Christ that ncw they made oh. them start at twelve fifteen a.m. Eastern time. Yeah, I would think, given that I mean Texas, remember was a, I mean they at one point were projected to be a number one team, got off to a, a crazy start and then had some struggles, and they have the best hitter in baseball, and Ivan Melendez. So I would imagine sentiment's going to push Texas way down. Arkansas at one point was like a twelve to one shot. At, at, before we even got to the postseason and then they didn't even get a seed. So there's still a ton of market respect. I would, I would think that's going to be residually pumped back in on Arkansas, even though, as you talked about, they had some value in, in their games at times. I still think Ole Miss is going to be a pretty, like Ole Miss, Oklahoma, still won't get a whole lot of respect. If now, if Stanford, now if Stanford wins tonight, and Oregon State wins tonight. I would say Stanford becomes
3: your your new short shot if they were to hold serve. We got to have you back once the odds are posted. That would be great. I would love it. Ben Wilson putting his undefeated record on the line. Let's do it. It's a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network. Wes Reynolds on the other side.